you're not willing to connect to yourself and your sense of love and what you need and desire and speak about it from a place of confidence, you're just never going to get your needs met. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to the Real Health, Real Talk podcast. My name is Ebony May. I'm a girl in my early 20s, a personal trainer and a soon-to-be nutritionist. I'm extremely passionate about holistic health and inspiring others to live happy and healthy lives. My goal and purpose in life is to encourage girls and women to feel good in and about their bodies. I interview some amazing women and share my own experience and knowledge in some solo episodes. Now, without further ado, let the real talk begin. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 31 of the Real Health Real Talk podcast. This is an interview with the beautiful Asi Marie, female sexual empowerment coach. Asi has been on the podcast once before, and now I've had the pleasure of interviewing her for a second time, this time all about confidence, what it means to her, tips to become your best and most confident self, and so much more. I loved doing this interview, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Enjoy. Asi, welcome back. This is your second time on the podcast, so thank you so much for coming on. Hey, babe. Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure. So as I said, you've been on here before, but that was a few episodes ago. So for those who have only just started listening, who is Asti? So I am a female sexual empowerment coach. And basically what I do is I guide women to reconnect to their bodies, to their feminine essence, their sexuality and their sensuality, so they can find a true sense of fulfillment and contentment in their lives and attract the types of relationships and sex and love that totally turns them on. Amazing. Who doesn't want all of those things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good package. <laughs> For sure. Um, so today we're talking all things confidence and I'm so, so excited. I love this topic. And since the podcast and putting myself out there a little bit more on social media, I get asked quite a bit how I have the confidence to do this and how, like tips on how to become more confident. And I thought of you okay. as soon as I got asked this question because I feel like you're the perfect person to chat about this with. Yeah, well, I feel like it's something that I've kind of been on a big journey with over the last couple of years myself, especially with showing up on social media and then doing more like public speaking. So, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot about confidence that I can most definitely share. Awesome. I can't wait to pick your brain about it. So I've broken it up into a few questions and I'd love to start with what is confidence to you? So to me, confidence is all in the way that you express yourself. So it's being really self-assured and almost unapologetic in the way that you show up and being able to take act like aligned action and to make decisions that are in alignment with your truth mm-hmm. and following your sole purpose without listening to the opinions of others, without needing to follow to please others. Basically, it's just standing in your truth and honoring that regardless of what anyone else thinks. Yeah, I love that. And in your personal journey with developing more confidence and sort of embodying that person who you do want to be, what challenges have you faced along the way and how have you overcome that? <laughs> so my, I guess my first challenge that I overcame was body confidence. Um, like growing up, I was pretty confident in my body. Like I could wear a bikini. So I wouldn't say that I had really terrible body confidence issues, mm-hmm. but I was really unconfident about my breasts. So, like, getting changed in front of anybody, like, would never get changed in front of friends, would, like, be really uncomfortable having sex with my boyfriend. Like, it was just, yeah, it, like, really did hold me back a little bit. But then I started stripping. So, I had to, like, get over that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that helped me in terms of body confidence 
was realizing that to be confident and to completely love your body, you don't actually have to love everything about yourself. It's so, it's such a nice feeling to know that the only thing you need to do to be confident is to become secure within your insecurities. So just basically owning the things that you don't like about yourself instead of forcing yourself to try and love the things about yourself that you don't really love. Because at the end of the day, forcing yourself to do anything isn't very loving. Mm. So once I kind of changed, like, to start with, I would be like, I really hate my boobs. And then I hated that I hated them. And it, like, stopped me from doing so much. And then I changed it to just, I don't really like my boobs, but I love myself anyway, so who cares? And it stopped there. So this hating just, like, stopped there. And I could kind of take back the energy that I was wasting on hating myself and redirect it into other things. And another thought that kind of helped me is, like, if somebody else didn't like the way that my body looked, like, that's that's on them. Like, that's their issue. That's just a reflection of of their own insecurities, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, number one with body confidence is just learning to be secure within your insecurities. It's so powerful. And then my second thing, once I overcame that, I was, like, dancing naked on stages around Australia. <laughs> Ended up, yeah, so that was a big jump. <laughs> Ended up winning a couple of showgirl titles. And I remember there was one competition that I had to go to, and I was just doing a guest performance, but at one stage they got, got me up on stage to announce one of the awards, and they asked me a few questions. And, like, dancing, I was totally fine, but as soon as there was a microphone in my face or a camera in my face, I would just, like, completely freeze. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like when people were like, oh, my God, that was so bad, I was so nervous, and they looked fine. It was like, I actually couldn't speak. (laughs) (laughs) It was so bad. Um, And again, I've really, really conquered that, like in baby steps, because just this year I did an hour-long talk in front of a thousand people, which was huge for me. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I can go into a little bit of how I overcame that fear, if you like. Yeah, go for it. So basically... The way that I like to explain it is anytime fear comes up, it's trying to hold you back from something. So as an example, the fear of speaking in public, like a lot of people can resonate with that. It's it's coming up because it's trying to protect you. It's trying to hold you back because it doesn't want you to get up there and make a fool of yourself and do something silly because we're always wanting to feel loved and accepted by the people around us and we're always wanting to feel safe in our surroundings. So getting up in front of it in front of an audience on stage is potentially um, jeopardizing that love, safety, and belonging that we're getting. So you need to think of it as the fear is actually your friend. Like it's only coming up because it's there and it's trying to protect you. And if you don't listen to your emotions, all emotions, but using fear as this example, because it's coming from a place of love and it's actually trying to protect you, if you push it down, and try and block it down and just carry on with whatever you're doing. It doesn't necessarily just go away. That sensation of fear, like you can feel the fear in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just an emotion, it's like a feeling. But that feeling gets stronger and stronger and stronger and more intense. And it just ends up taking over everything that you're doing because it's trying to communicate this message with you. Like if someone that you loved was doing something really silly and they were like potentially in a state of danger, like... You, and they weren't listening to you. Like you would just start screaming at them, right? Mm. It's the same thing. It's like your fear is like, no, don't do this. 
So what you need to do is instead of like that quote, like feel the fear and do it anyway, is you actually need to feel the fear and then like call it in and connect with it and love it and have that conversation of like, thank you so much. Thank you so much for trying to protect me. I love that you're trying to help me and you're trying to keep me safe, but I've got this. You've got nothing to worry about. And you almost like need to open up a little conversation with yourself and communicate with it. And once it knows that it's being heard, it'll back off and it'll calm down a little bit. So another way that I like to explain it is it's like having a child. So our emotions are kind of like children. And this fear is actually like we learn to fear certain things from childhood. So it's almost like our inner child's coming up and playing up. But if you have a child that's afraid or sad and it's crying, if you just ignore it and carry on, it doesn't go away. It just gets louder and louder and louder. And it's the same as our emotions. But if you actually sit with it and connect with it, it'll soon self-soothe and calm down. So try and look at fear as a child and just like nurturing it and loving it and letting it know that everything's going to be okay and it will still it will soon slide away and become easier. So that's exactly what I did before doing my my talk in front of all these people. I kind of felt that fear come up and just before I went on stage, I put my hands on my heart and connected to it and just said, it's okay. You're safe. Everybody loves you. Like You're going to be fine. I've got this. You've got nothing to worry about. And it just... It's, it's like, it sounds like such a simple thing to do, but it helps so much. I love that. And it's because that's why fear is there. Like biologically, it's to help, like to protect you. And your body doesn't know whether, you know, it is talking in front of a group of people, which is 100% safe, like you will be fine. Or it is something really dangerous, like you're about to fall off a cliff or something. So I think having that talk with yourself instead of, I used to get really frustrated with myself when I was nervous. And then if, you, mm-hmm. if you're not patient with yourself, it just, it makes it so much worse. And you can throw yourself Yeah. Out. If you start pushing yourself, like, why am I nervous? Why am I afraid? Then your body just gets more tense because it feels like there's more pressure to perform. Mm. And there's like this internal conflict instead of an internal discussion, which could ultimately like soothe everything over. I looked at the footage of that and you did not look nervous at all. You were killing it. It was, I loved watching those clips. Actually, I need to get a video that's just reminding me. I'm going to get that today and share it so people can watch the whole thing. But I was surprised because inside, like, when we talk about fear and all the, the examples of what I just gave you, it doesn't mean that it necessarily goes away completely. Mm. It's still there. You can still feel it, but it's more on your side. So it feels more like a fear that's supporting you. So I didn't necessarily not feel it at all, but it was a lot easier. And I was actually really surprised watching those videos back. I was like, damn, I like watched the stage. I don't know where that came from. I loved it. <laughs> and your other point about loving yourself and not having to love all of yourself I think that's really important too I think that it's often talked about that you have to love every single part of yourself unconditionally all the time every day otherwise you're doing it wrong and that can be really overwhelming yeah and then if you don't love something about yourself you're like oh like I could have been like I don't like my boobs that means I hate myself Mm. but now I'm like I cannot like my boobs and still love myself regardless focus on the good things and it's like even if you fall in love with the most amazing person in the entire world, you're still not going to love everything about that person. Like, we don't expect to love everything about our partners. And mm. it's the same with the relationship with ourselves. I, I don't know who said it, but they were like, 
if you if you love every single thing about the person you are with, it's not love, it's infatuation. Because if yeah. you can't if you can't name a few things that you don't love about a person, you've got like your rose tinted glasses on. And I thought that was really like profound because if you yeah. if you if you're almost blinded because it's kind of impossible that you're gonna love every single like facet of a person, like mm. all their all their personality traits. And love is is witnessing the things that you don't extremely love, but loving them anyway because you love the person that they are, not just the list of traits that they are on paper. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're right. If you look at somebody and you love everything about them, you're probably not actually seeing them for who they really are and instead just like mirroring your ideal version of who they should be onto them. Yeah, projecting exactly who you want them to be onto them. Yeah. The phrase, faking it until you make it, what do you think mm-hmm. about that? In confidence. I actually really liked this question. So, it's, for me, it's like yes and no. Mm-hmm. 50% yes, 50% no. So, why I say yes is when you fake, say, let's just talk, keep talking about being confident. If you fake being confident, so if you think of somebody that's confident in the way that they hold their body, for example, They'll be standing with, like, a straight back, shoulders back, probably, like, smiling and chin up. And when you do this, when you change the posture of your body, your brain picks up on this and actually picks up the signals on how it should be thinking. Mm -hmm. So you can actually try it. Like, anybody listening now, if you think of somebody who is depressed and you kind of, like, roll your shoulders down and put your chin down, it does make you feel, not depressed, but it does make you feel in a less high vibe state. Whereas if you put your shoulders back and sit up straight and hold your chin up, you automatically feel a little bit more confident, right? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, if you're just acting or faking it, <laughs> faking that you're confident, it will make you feel a little bit more confident. And the same in sex, I was actually writing about this the other day. If you're finding it hard to get turned on or in the moment, you can actually exaggerate all of your movements. So not necessarily, I was like, no faking orgasms, we don't do that. But faking, like, not faking, but, yeah, exaggerating. So exaggerating how you're moving your body, some of the noises that you've been making, how you've been touching yourself, because then that will kind of, like, take you a little bit deeper into the moment and get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in a way, faking it till you make it can help. But then the other part where I say no is that if you just keep faking that you're confident, without listening to the parts of you that are fearful or afraid or doubting yourself, like I said, those parts of you don't go away. So you can only push on so far with all these limiting beliefs and self-doubts holding you back. There is also a time where you need to recognize that maybe, hey, I'm not so confident in this area. Why not? What is it that's holding me back? And then taking a moment to connect to those parts of yourself to create this new narrative. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it can be really helpful because you're sort of teaching your body how you want to, how you want to feel. But I do mm-hmm. think that sometimes if you try to be too confident and it is false, you can start portraying like traits that aren't authentic to you. So I think it's a fine mm-hmm. line. I think it's awesome to put yourself out there and, you know, try and like trick your body into being confident. But it's a fine line between maintaining like being genuine and authentic to who you are. And I think that if you can maintain that authenticity, but also sort of like embody that confident person who you want to be, that's that's a good balance. But yeah, I definitely I think... I love that. 
yeah, I definitely think it's a fine line. Yeah, it's all about embodiment. So even thinking of like, you can either think of like another person, so like what would this person do in this situation and try and embody some of their like energy or characteristics or even tapping into a different part of yourself. Like mm-hmm. where in me can I feel into that confident energy and try and like embody that part of yourself, embodying that more confident part of yourself to move forward, but then also like going back and loving all the parts of you that are so confident so you can bring them with you. Otherwise it's just like this giant split and you can only take that so fast. Yeah, and I think that's really handy. I noticed myself doing that. I, for some reason, sometimes when I talk to, like, a significant other, like, I I feel like I'm really good at articulating myself and I have a few really close friends who I can talk to about anything, all of my feelings, and just really articulate myself very well. But then I talk to, like, if I was, like, dating someone and I just... I just turn into like this blabbering blob and I can't actually say what I want to say. And I always tell myself, just imagine like how you feel like when you talk to your friends, do that now. And I think that's really important because then you don't get into that comparison state either because that is you. Like if you have an area in your life, like if you're really good at playing piano and when you play piano, like you're in the zone. But then when you do public speaking, like that's completely out of your comfort zone. Try and imagine yourself sitting at the piano in your element and then like swap that around and have that confidence from your like that's your confidence but it's just in a different area yeah like anchoring grounding into a different scenario in your life and using that as like a a baseline or something that you can come back to at any time Mm, yeah to re-embody that confidence and take it to the part of your life that you don't feel so confident I love that I really want to know what the biggest change you've noticed since working on your confidence. And this might be a recent or, you know, you said that you've been working on it the past few years. So mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest change is that you've noticed? I think the biggest one has to be like public speaking because that was just something that I was so afraid of before. And it's been the biggest jump mm-hmm. from like not being out of at all to speaking in front of a huge audience is like massive. But then also... In my work, so as I became more confident with my coaching, my coaching business took off, which has been amazing. And then all of that trickled down into my relationship. I feel like once you build confidence in one area, you kind of take that with you and it upgrades every area of your life. So I was the same as you. Like I've always found it harder to express myself in a relationship and kind of hold back on my emotions. Mm -hmm. I think that was picked up in my past relationship where it wasn't, it was like a toxic relationship. It was a little bit emotionally abusive. So it ended up me, with me like holding on to all of my emotions and being too afraid to express them. Yeah. But it's definitely changed in my relationship now and I feel like it's a lot easier to sit in that space of confidence and sit in my heart space and connect with love and just open up and really share what it is that's on my mind and what I desire out of the relationship which is so necessary. It's like in relationship, obviously, but in all areas of your life, because if you're not willing to connect yourself and your sense of love and what you need and what you desire and speak about it from a place of confidence, you're just never going to get your needs met. I think a lot of girls would resonate with perhaps being confident in day-to-day life, but then when transitioning into a sexual setting, they lose that confidence. What do you think that is and what are some things that those girls can do to ease that transition? Yeah. So the reason for this is 
for women, or for actually everyone, it's our sexuality that's been most pulled out of alignment. So growing up through social conditioning, it's our sexuality that we get taught to shame most. Mm -hmm. So it might be easy for us to like do public speaking or like we might be really confident in work. Then when it comes to having sex, all of that shame comes down on us because we've been taught our whole lives in one way or another that it's dirty, shameful, dangerous, disgusting, that it's not allowed, all of the rest of it. So a similar thing, and this is interesting actually because I've just been going over this in my group coaching program, but the reason why so much fear comes up and why we don't feel confident in sex is because when we were little girls, we were taught that all all of the limiting beliefs that I just went over, we all got taught that when we were little girls. So one way that you can begin to unravel that is to connect with yourself as a little girl. It's almost like time travel. So like going back in time and connecting to yourself as a little girl, maybe thinking around the age that you felt most um, confused around your sexuality or you received the most mixed messages and connecting with yourself at that age and then giving yourself the opportunity to be your own best caregiver. So sitting with this little girl and giving her new empowering narratives around sexuality, around what it means to be a woman, around her pleasure, around orgasm, around her body, and going back in time and rewriting all of that, you'll find that when you come back to the present moment, there's a huge shift in terms of how confident you are in the bedroom. So there's a couple ways that you can do this. Either you can just visualize yourself at that age and have her sitting across from you, and just have the conversation like you would with any other Um, little girl like you would your own little girl or you can do it by getting a photo so again asking yourself the question of when did I feel most confused around my sexuality when did I receive the most mixed messages or when was a time as a little girl that I felt like I needed some support or extra education or just like words of wisdom from one of my caregivers where I didn't get it and getting a photo of yourself at that age and just having a conversation with that photo it's mm-hmm. so powerful how that can totally rewire your brain and your thoughts when it comes to sexuality and confidence. Yeah, amazing. And that makes so much sense because I think that when we're, you know, in this generation at least, we're brought up and we're told, you know, you can do anything, like be confident, like, you know, girls are encouraged to do public speaking and all these things, but it's still there are those those undertones of like sex is wrong or sex is shameful or slut shaming and all that sort of stuff so I guess it is natural and it's not strange that some girls might have that apprehensiveness in that area of their life which is depleting their confidence exactly and even my society now it's kind of like we're opening up a little bit and everyone's on a conscious level like okay I'm allowed to be sexual now like being women we're allowed to have multiple sexual partners on a conscious level but then unconsciously we're still carrying around everything that we picked up when we were younger and then we're still carrying around stuff that was like genetically passed on from our mothers and our grandmothers Mm -hmm. so you can imagine all the shame and conditioning that they endured and us carrying around all of their baggage like it's a lot so even on the conscious level if you think that you're like sexually empowered and confident when you get into actually having sex all of that baggage comes back up to the surface as it gets triggered in that day. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I've loved everything that we've touched on. 
And we've, I feel like there's a lot of tips if people really want to work on their confidence. But mm-hmm. what is there like one piece of advice that you would have that sort of encompasses confidence in general for girls who are struggling with it? Oh, oh my God. I'm like, where do I go with this? Well, for me, the biggest thing was what I've already mentioned is feeling about whether it's body or like a personality trait or whatever it is or in sex, thinking about that part of yourself and the situation that you're not confident and connecting to that part of yourself as a caregiver. So connecting to that part of yourself and nurturing it and just letting it know everything's going to be okay. Because that fear is always there, mm-hmm. either because it feels like what you're doing is going to make you unlovable, what you're doing is going to make you unsafe, or it's going to make you not belong. So connecting to it, and you might even know out of those three which one it is, and you can um, offer it a sense of that quality. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you can even connect with it and say, it's okay, you're loved, you're safe, and you belong. And as soon as you say that, you'll feel your whole body just totally relax and surrender and from that place you can carry on with whatever you're doing in a state of love and connected to your deep sense of confidence I think it's really powerful so powerful that's such good advice Asti Mm. thank you so so much for joining me today I'm going to link Asti's YouTube and Instagram and the podcast as well Asti has her own podcast so you guys can go over and have a look because if you thought that was really valuable there is lots of value on all of those places but yeah thank you so much for joining us Asti thank you babe that was so much fun so fun. for having me and that is a wrap for this episode thank you so much for tuning in as always I would love if you guys could leave me a rating or a review and until the next episode I wish you happiness and real health talk to you very very soon bye